It was day two of our mission trip this past uh, summer, and we were pulling out in, in the vans, headed to the, the work sites, to the, the homes, and, and we had to turn left on the main road to get there, and there standing at the corner were three or four guys holding a sign that essentially said, need drywall work? Hire us. And I spent the entire day before like this with drywall on the ceiling. And I thought to myself, let's pick them up. <laughs> Today's gospel is a parable where there's a, a master of a home, of a vineyard, who continues to go to the corner to pick up more laborers. Over and over and over again. Hey, I need more help. Hey, you need a job. Go on out to the vineyard. I'll take care of you. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It, it gives us uh, a window into the, the dignity of work, of an honest day's labor. It, it gives you a, a, a glimpse into the generosity of our Father in heaven. It gives us a glimpse that there is still work to be done, right? Oh, there's work to be done in our Father's vineyard. Today's gospel is uh, setting up really a, a contrast between grace and merit. Grace and merit, right? And we, we live in a meritocracy of sorts, right? Not, not a pure meritocracy, but, but the, the idea that if you have gifts to give, then, then you'll get there, right? That, that we still pride ourselves in our country, that we are the land of opportunity. And if you're willing, there's a spot for you. There's a place for you. And you can make it here. Because our economy, in so many ways, is based on what you bring to it, merit. Not, not fully, not purely, right? And there, there are plenty of examples of, of good and bad of how it's not a meritocracy. But, but in general, that's kind of how we live. That you, you earn what you get. And that's juxtaposed with, with today's lesson that is, is clearly saying in God's kingdom, it's not that way. It's not about you. It's about him. It's not about you. Sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we need to be reminded of that. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. It's always been about Jesus. Let me, let me unpack some of the nuts and bolts so we can better understand and process what's happening here, right? The, the first is the, the money, the currency of the day, a denarius, a denarii, right? We talked about this a, a couple days ago or a couple weeks ago, um, that a denarius is the amount of money. It was a coin, and it was a coin that you received for one full day's work, right? You work a full day, you get a denarius. That was 
That was the understanding. So think of it in that currency, right? What you need for the day, what you get for working for a day. The other thing is that there, there's time here, and time in the, the Bible, although of course it's the same, it was understood differently then, and so early would have been 6 a.m., right? The, 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 the master and his uh, team would have gone out first thing in the morning at morning light and said, I need some workers, and you can work, and I'll give you a full day's pay. And they said, great. That's why I showed up this morning. That's why I got up early, because I need to eat. These were... Most likely, people living paycheck to paycheck. You know what that's like? And so they got up early. Because the early bird gets the worm, right? And they showed up, and they agreed. And probably went out to the field feeling pretty good about themselves. Knowing they had a long day ahead, but they were doing good work. That was early, 6 a.m. At the third hour, that would have been about 9 a.m., The master went back out to the street corner, the marketplace, it says. That that would have been where people gathered, where where you would go and hire people. So at 9 a.m., that's still a pretty good day's work, isn't it? 9 to 6 p.m. But, but the, the master and his team went out and they saw that there was still work to be done, that we, we can still use some more people and, and maybe even saw that there were still people that needed a job and needed to work. And so at noon, he went back out and he hired more. Noon to six, that's, that's half a day. That's better than nothing, right? A half day's pay. At the ninth hour, that would have been 3 p.m., so about three hours. So, you know, that'd be nice. Get to goof off in the morning and work for a couple hours in the afternoon. Come on, sign me up, right? Finally, at the 11th hour, that would have been about 5 p.m. The whistle blew at the end of the workday at 6 p.m., so they went out and worked for an hour, right? You ever been there? (laughs) Like in my world of traveling and, and, and taking my kids all over the place and, and meetings and appointments, I, I really, I, I work best when I got chunks of time. And so when I've got like an hour, it's like, why do I even start? Because it takes my mind a minute to get going and then I finally get going and then it's time to stop. Like why are you even bothering working for an hour? Right? Man, I... I This is such a powerful parable because it it cuts to our heart, doesn't it? It reveals our heart, doesn't it? And oftentimes when I see my real heart, I don't love it. (laughs) Because at the end of the day, people that worked for an hour the people that hardly showed up the people that I mean if you're why, you know it says why, why are you still here idle why why have you not worked today and well I don't know my mind immediately goes to well you were kind of lazy you weren't up at 6 a.m. right you ever been there yourself or questioning those who are lazy 
who struggle with things, who don't have the same work ethic as you, who have life circumstances that are challenging to to wrestle with and organize and and, and manage. And so it, it cripples them from doing what, you know, what we're taught that we're supposed to do, which is get up at 6 a.m. and be ready to go. Guess what? There are a lot of people in this world that can't do that for bad reasons and plenty of folks for good reasons that struggle. Depression. It's one of the biggest pandemics. Blows COVID out of the water that our world faces today. What does it look like for us to respond with grace and love to people that are struggling, to people that are hurting? I don't know about you, but I'm really good at self-righteousness and self-indignation. Of looking at others and saying, well, try harder. Come on, pull it together. Right? I mean, do you do you hear this in today's gospel? There are people in our midst, there are people in our families, there are people that in our communities that, man, it's a great day when they can work for an hour. Maybe we ought to celebrate instead of condemn. What does that look like? The last shall be first. And as the, the, the foreman right comes and is ready to pay the workers. And, and man, can, can you be there? Man, I can put myself there so easily. Can you imagine what we're going to get? 12 hours we work. We're going to get 12 days pay today. Right? It is so easy for us to be there, isn't it? Because we live in a meritocracy that I gave you 12. Come on. Right? And so I, I can feel... Oh, I put myself in the, the place of, I mean, let's be honest, I would have been the 9 a.m. workers, 6 a.m. I'm not a morning person. <laughs> but, man, I can put myself there so easily, so easily. And, and you can feel it each time the worker gets his wage or her wage, and they're looking Come on, pay up, right? What, what, what is this story about? I mean, it's a story about the goodness of God and his gift of grace. It's about how we live in the economy of God that is different than the economy of this world. 
God, God doesn't deal with currency. He exchanges his grace, his goodness, and it comes to you without your merit. What, what, that, what that means is you don't earn it. You, you can't earn less of it. And no matter what you do, you can't earn more of it. God gives freely and fully to you. And so often, I, I think, at least to a degree, we get that. Some, some, you know, we get that, that, that God's grace is goodness. And, and, and man, there are moments in our life that are grace-filled. And we can say, thank you, Lord. I don't deserve it, but you've given it. Thank you, Lord. But man, there are also times where we, we struggle because we, well, we think, we operate, we function as though it's a currency to be traded in. And we can barter for more of it in our own lives and in the lives of others that we see. One of the hardest things I had to do uh, as a pastor, had a friend who was a parishioner, and they lost their baby. He was born into the arms of Jesus on the day of his birth. And Nick and Megan were dear friends of ours, are still dear friends of ours. And, and they were everything you would want in a couple. As friends, as a pastor, they were fully all the way in at church. They gave of themselves at every chance. They, they, were, they were servants. They were exemplars of the faith. They, they gave everything they had to Jesus. And it was incredible. And in the aftermath of Noah's passing, you know, it was a question I was asking, but, you know, have you ever been, like, asking questions yourselves, and then somebody else comes to you and asks you the same question, and you're like, ah. and that question is one you've asked, why, Lord? Why? Why, Lord? If you are who you say you are, if you are good, if you are gracious, if you are giving and loving and powerful, why, Lord? Have you asked that question? Why, why didn't you take care of my buddy's family? They've given everything to you. Couldn't you do them a solid? Right? I don't know that I've got a great answer to that question, but I've got some thoughts. And, and it goes to today's gospel that, that grace, gr grace is given. It's not earned. It's given. That, that's why we call it grace. Grace means gift. You don't earn a gift, you receive it. And when the hard things happen in this life, when we are in the, the deep 
depths of darkness. God's, God's grace reaches down that far. God's grace doesn't get lost in the darkness. It finds you. And it surrounds you and it upholds you. We don't earn God's love, it's given to you. That was true for Noah, the little baby. It's true for Nick and Megan. It's true for you. Grace is given. Even in the darkness. Even in the pain. You can't earn more of it because it is freely given. Always, forever. And it's given in abundance. Even in the worst of situations. As we continue and as we kind of continue to unpack this parable. You know, we get to the end and the, the, the master is talking with the, the servant, the, the one who worked and says, hey, what, what gives? You know, you know how the master calls him friend? <laughs> Doesn't mean friend. He's saying, hey, buddy. Right? And in fact, it's the same term of endearment that Jesus uses with Judas when he comes to betray him. Bud, do what you're here to do. The, the guy is, is frustrated because he's saying, why, why did you make us equal? For you math folks. The Greek word for equal there is where we get the word isosceles triangle. Triangle with two equal sides. This is where it comes from. Why, why are we equal? Because we, we see and we see the lens through the lens of merit. We're not equal in terms of our merit. Some worked all day. Some worked for an hour. They're not equal. But in God's grace, in God's economy, where his gift comes, man, it is all yours. It's all yours. Every last bit of it. So my question for us is, I mean, even as this parable speaks to the darkness of my heart, The question I want to ask us is, is how can we live as a community that lives and serves and loves like the master in this parable? Perhaps if you've been in the church, you've heard that uh, saying, well, we're not called to judge people. There's truth to that. I'll stand before you and confess every moment as my eyes look, I'm making value statements and judgments. Right? I don't like that about me. I look through merit-based lenses. God's working on me. How do we respond? What does it mean to live in grace and goodness? I've got a picture of a, a new buddy of mine. 
This is Jose. Jose calls me homie. <laughs> I am not a homie, <laughs> right? Jose, I met uh, this past week when I was out in California. I was at an incredible experience. I'll, uh, if you've got time, I'll take you to coffee and we can talk about it. But uh, Jose is uh, a buddy. He, he grew up in L.A. He, he grew up in a situation where his dad wasn't anywhere in the picture and his mom was a drug addict. And, and when he was, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight years old, he didn't even have a curfew. He could go whenever, wherever, do whatever he wanted. And even though he wanted to, to resist against it, he ultimately got wrapped up in gangs, right? I mean, L.A. is the gang capital of the world. He was incarcerated three different times, spent on about 13 years in prison. Rough life. You don't, you don't see it now because he went through the painful operation of removing tattoos that were all over his face, all over his body. Still, of course, has some good colors, some good ink. Um, he's now the vice president of Homeboy Industries. I invite you to go look up what Homeboy Industries is when you get home uh, today. Uh, it was founded by a, a Catholic priest, Father Greg, who was planted in a parish in the middle of L.A. And, all right, Lord, what am I going to do? And has developed it into the largest, world's largest gang rehabilitation, deliverance, salvation corporation in the world. His stories are incredible. So my buddy Jose is the VP of this place. And they work and walk with folks that are trying to get out of the gang life and into, uh, you know, a, a life that uh, is beautiful. And so Jose tells me the story of, uh, you know, he's in charge of a, uh, a bakery and in charge of uh, uh, a coffee shop and a couple other things. And, and he, uh, well, he has some employees that, that probably would have been hired at the last hour from today's gospel, as you might imagine. He was telling the story about one of the senoritas. Let's just say she, you probably wouldn't hire her. Everything that you might lift up as something that you would want in an employee, she had the exact opposite. She didn't show up. She didn't care. She was violent. Certainly didn't respect authority. Used colorful language at every turn. And so Jose, I mean, she, she didn't want to improve. She liked where she was, and she was happy there. And Jose had a conversation with her said, you don't want to be here. I mean, we're, we're here. This is what we do. Why don't you give yourself a month and come back in a month when you sort some things out? She responded by threatening him by calling her homies to come and rough him up. Security was involved. She was kicked out. That was a Thursday. <laughs> the way Jose says, yeah, it was a Thursday. <laughs> His Thursdays are different than mine. Monday morning, Jose shows up, and there is the, that same senorita sitting in the lobby. What are you doing here? No, get out. 
she looks at him and says, no, ma'am. Father G hired me back. Oh, right? You ever been uh, undercut by someone a, a little bit more powerful than you in the hierarchy org chart? Father G gets there. Father Greg pulls uh, Jose into the office. And Jose is like, come on, man. She was going to hurt. She was threatening me. She, no. Father G looks at Jose. says, man, we're not here to win arguments. We're here to win people. We're not here to win arguments. We're here to win people. I want to challenge us as the body of Christ here at Prince of Peace. What does it look like for us to shift the filter in our minds to have that echo? within us. We're here to win people. We're here to love. We're here to extend grace. But you don't know what they did to me. Yeah, I don't. And let's be safe about it. But let's win people. What does it look like to love? What kind of community would we be if we live into the reality that it's not about us being right and others being wrong? I don't know if you've noticed this, but a lot of people in the church world really, really, really hone in on what's right and what's wrong. What does it look like? us to love. With grace. Because it's not ours. It's his. It's who he is. It's what he's done for you. Let's go and do it for others. In the name of Christ. Amen.